Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So I was in the shower, I was cleaning my ass and making all shirts all sparkly, spanky clean. I'm not the funny one, I'm the pretty one. Cock shots. <laughs> I just checked myself out. And then blue bump. The glory hole is like a, a like dick theater. I imagine you're kind Which means your pants had better come off. Mama needs playtime. <laughs> We're not sluts. We just love love. Hiya, folks. This is Mrs. Atom. And this is Mr. Adam. Welcome back for another episode here of By the By. Yep. Um, this Friday at Our Secret Spot mm-hmm. is our sixth Pendulum mm-hmm. Party. Pendulum VI, yes. as the Romans might have called it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, swing on by. It'll be fun. Yeah, if you're interested, if you're in Sydney, first of all. Uh, Even or, if you're not, just come to Sydney. It's or, it. yeah, I was going to say in the area, whatever. Yeah, just come to Sydney. And you're interested in exploring and trying something maybe a little bit out of the box with your partner and, and maybe a little bit of bi curious play or just want to see what happens or never been to the Swingers Club before, it'll be a great introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then next Friday, we have mm-hmm. the um, FEM, mm-hmm. the inaugural FEM. Yes. Um, hopefully one of many. I have a feeling it will be, which is a ladies-only night at mm-hmm. uh, our secret spot. So there will be none of the men folk there. Nope. Um, neither working nor nor anything else. So, yeah, that's going to be exciting. Yes. Two big um, Fridays back-to-back, and I love it. Yeah. Expect a full review from you uh-huh. on FEM. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, And real quick here, we have coming up uh, in November a takeover of of Desire Mm -hmm. by Life on the Swing Set. And here's something that they want to say about that. Life on the Swing Set is heading to paradise for the seventh time. And once again, we're taking over Desire Resort Riviera Maya in Cancun, Mexico. With this year's hosts, me, Cooper, Ginger, Dylan, JV and Shara from Ending the Sexual Dark Age, and author, podcaster, and feminist porn filmmaker, Tristan Terramino, our takeover allows us to mold the resort in our geeky, sexy, and inclusive image with orgies, classes about pegging, flogging and fisting, theme nights, a full dungeon night, naked karaoke, mutual masturbation, and massages. From November 3rd through the 10th, 2018, this beautiful, all-inclusive resort will be full of sexy swing setters from every letter in the LGBTQA spectrum. Holly, swingers, nudists, kinksters, doms, subs, and those who are just curious about what a week at a sexy resort offers. We take all the best of the swing set. 
our values, our experience, our co-hosts, our community, and we bring it all together with the best resort staff on earth to create a queer, kink, and poly-friendly, consent-aware, and sexy-as-hell experience for everyone who joins us. To come with us on our Swing Set Takes Desire 2018 trip and hear us podcast about our previous trips, head over to ssdesire.com. We'll be there to welcome you home. That's going to be so much fun. I know. I'm so excited. So we're going for, so if anyone wants to join us, we're going to be at the Life on the Swing Set Takeover that week in November. And then... The other Desire Resort the week Pearl. after. Yeah. yeah. So the first week is at Riviera Maya. Riviera Maya. And then the second week will be at Pearl for mm-hmm. the takeover with We Got a Thing and yeah. um, Swinging Down Under, et cetera, et cetera. I think there's yeah. like five or six total podcasters mm-hmm. going to be there. It's going to be uh, obnoxious. Yes. Because we all know podcasters, we're obnoxious people. Uh-huh. It'll be great. I'm it's going to be a big couple of weeks for us. I'm yeah. really excited. Yeah. So yeah, stay tuned. More mm-hmm. on that later. This yeah. is something I've wanted to talk about for a while. Okay. Um, this is something that excites me, really uh-huh. turns me on. Uh-huh. Um, it's the seven deadly sins. Uh, so That's one, because you're a raised Catholic. That's why it turns you on. <laughs> <laughs> so I've always loved movies like Seven. And recently I was listening to a TED Talk talking about Gilligan's Island. Because oh. apparently you can have TED Talks on anything now. But one of the points of, the, of, this, of this TED Talk was that um, you can take each of the seven castaways from Gilligan's Island and they represent one of the seven deadly sins. Anyone who isn't familiar with the seven deadly sins, they're also known as capital vices or cardinal sins. Um, and it's a grouping and classification of vices within the Christian teachings. I've got a little bit of history back here if you All want right. me to yeah, dive into the history sure. of the seven deadly sins. And then we'll talk about Gilligan's Island again. Because right. I just, just, just sit right back and you'll hear a tale. It'll be great. Um, <laughs> so while the seven deadly sins as we know them didn't originate with the Greeks or Romans, they were ancient precedents for them. Um, so Aristotle listed several positive, uh, healthy human qualities, excellences, or virtues. Aristotle also argued that uh, for each positive quality, there were two negative vices that are found on each extreme of the virtue. Courage, for example, is the human uh, excellence or virtue in facing fear and risk. Excessive courage makes one rash, while a deficiency of courage would make one cowardly. So the principle of virtue found in the middle or the mean between excess and deficiency is Aristotle's notion of the golden mean, which I like Mm because, you know, the whole golden ratio tattoo, it just, it's like perfect. It's like everything. So Aristotle listed virtues like courage, temperance, or self-control, generosity, greatness of soul, prosper, response to anger, friendliness, and wit or charm. So then uh, to take that back even farther, or take that forward, I mean, um, Roman writers like uh, Horace extolled the value of of virtue while listing and warning against vices. In the first one of his writings, he says that, quote, "To to flee vice is the beginning of virtue, and to have got rid of folly is the beginning of wisdom. And then finally, in uh, 8590, Pope Gregory I revised this list uh, to the more common list of sins, the seven deadly sins that we're used to. Um, And I have them listed out here. Um, They are lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, and pride. When did you say that was again? 590 AD. Oh, I heard 8590. 
and I was yes, really it's confused. in the future. Yeah, so we traveled like, to uh, the future um, yeah. in order to okay. yes. Um, so then, if we go back to the well, let's let's touch on we'll we'll touch on uh, Gilligan's Island here in just a moment because I think the the sins as we know them and really come from Dante's Divine Comedy, mm-hmm. um, and in Purgatorio, the second book of Dante's epic poem. Um, it's structured around the seven deadly sins. So the most serious sins found at the lowest level are the abuses of the most divine faculty. For Dante and other thinkers, a human's rational faculty makes humans more like God. Abusing that faculty with pride or envy weighs down the soul the most. Abusing one's passions with wrath or lack of passion, as with sloth, also weighs down the soul, but not as much as the abuse of one's rational faculty. Finally, abusing one's desires to have one's physical needs met via greed, gluttony, or lust abuses a faculty that humans share with animals. This is still an abuse that weighs down the soul, but does not weigh it down like the other abuses. Thus, the top levels of the mountain of purgatory have the top listed sins, while the lowest levels have the more serious sins. So what I love about that is that you have greed, gluttony, and lust at the top, so the not-so-bad ones, and then sloth, then wrath, envy, and pride down at the bottom. Those are the most serious of sins. And it's interesting to me in that growing up a Catholic boy, um, the first three, greed, gluttony, and lust, were the bad ones. Mm-hmm. Everything else was, you know, it was bad, but it wasn't as bad as those. So growing up in the Catholic Church, apparently either I was taught backwards or I learned it backwards. Or it's all just fucking broken mm-hmm. to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, but to talk again about Gilligan's Island. So we have uh, Ginger, Mr. and Mrs. Howell, Gilligan, the skipper to a millionaire, and then uh, Marianne and Professor. <clears throat> Do you have any idea of, of who's who? I on these? won't get all seven. So, um, so Ginger, uh-huh. which I think is the easiest one to figure out who she is, which mm-hmm. sin she represents. Lust. Exactly. Um, then I also think that Marianne would also be easy because Marianne is always looking after Ginger mm-hmm. with envy. Envy, yeah. Um, the skipper, who is always abusing both himself and uh, uh, Gilligan is wrath. And then you have Gilligan, which is sloth, because he's his laziness often is what got them into the problem or, or prevents them from getting out of the problem. Professor is pride. Mr. Howell, of course, is greed. And mm-hmm. Mrs. Howell would be gluttony. Um, and so it's just interesting to look at that. And that's, an, that's a common trope throughout modern movies and modern television is that those seven sins are sort of a a television series or an episode is revolving around those. Mm -hmm. With all of that said, that was a a lot of of backstory for me. That's why I wanted to do a seven deadly sins for swingers. Mm -hmm. Um, Based off of the actual seven deadly sins. Exactly. I'm not not trying to reinvent the wheel here because these sins are actually really good sins. Um, And I think that each (laughs) one of these can you know, can derail you as a swinging couple if you sort of go down into that vice. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Which one do you want to start with? Well, we, so what we both did is we both took the list Mm -hmm. and sort of wrote down some notes based on what we Mm -hmm. thought, how that vice might derail you. All right. So we can start with your list. All Um, right. I'll start with lust. Okay. What do you have on lust? What do you have to say about that? So for me, I took this as a let's look at um, either online dating, 
through something like a website like RHD or RHP or Cassidy or something like that. Or this would also work if you're in a club. And that would be don't focus all your efforts on a single trigger. And by trigger, I mean I'm attracted to blondes, I'm attracted to tall men, women with big breasts, men with big dicks. You know, spread the love around. Don't focus that that lust, that desire towards just one thing that you find extremely attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a, a very good way to be disappointed uh, for an for an evening um, or for an experience. If you only look after blondes, for instance, you're going to miss some amazing people out there who might not be blonde. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that we often do that. We each have a trigger that is something that really gets us going. Um, and if we see that, especially in a club, then we might only focus on that one person and then kind of forget to the detriment of everyone else and sometimes even our partner. Mm-hmm. That's what I had for lust. Okay. What did you have for lust? So something very similar. If you become fixated on a person or a swinger couple, perhaps because of a, a certain trigger like you were saying, but if you're you know, at the club or looking online, if you focus and become fixated on that, either that one other person if you're looking for a third or a couple if you're looking for a, a swinger couple to join in, don't focus on them to the detriment of other relationships because it, it can be that you, you're you looking at this, at this, let's say you're at a swingers club and you're focusing on this one couple and saying, wow, I really am interested in them. I really want to talk with them. Maybe I want to play with them. And you may miss out on many others in the room who are interested in you and who are really interesting and and potentially very fun people to to play with or to have relationships with. And you may miss that by solely focusing on the one and by zeroing it. And also, the other thing is that if you are focusing on, let's say, one couple, if they're not interested in you, you may be missing the warning signs completely that they're not interested in you. You know, if if you're like trying to kind of and, and you want to make your intentions known, of course, by all means. But you have to be careful in how you do that and be sure to pay attention to their body language and their reactions, what they have to say, and make sure that they also are interested. Because if you're if you're so focused that you're missing those signs that maybe they're not, or you're missing signs that somebody else is extremely interested in you and they could give you a really, really fun night, just kind of be aware of what's going on and, and maybe don't, Try not to, to laser in so much on one couple or one person. So that was all. And oh, wait, I also did have <laughs> um, regarding uh, PDA, public displays of affection, because I kind of thought that might fall under lust as well, uh, is to also be careful of PDA when you are with another swinger couple out in public. If you're at a club, that's fine. But if you've met, say, online, or you've met at the club and you're going out for dinner, you're getting together for drinks or whatnot, you know, Mr. Adam and I are both very touchy people. And so we'll very often have a hand on someone's knee or maybe on an arm or something, you know, we'll be touching a lot of times. And so we have to be careful, especially if it's a new couple that we're not sure what their comfort level is, A, with touch, and B, in public, we have to try and be mindful of, of you don't want others, if they're self-conscious about it in public, you don't want other people to think that either they're cheating on each other um, or if you're out with a single person, you know, somebody could think that you may be cheating on, on your partner or whatever. Um, and also, you know, some people just really kind of want to keep a lower profile in public. So I would say kind of mind the PDA as well and 
until you come to that agreement and realization with another couple as to what is acceptable for them. I think that's really good. Wow, you went, you went that's a lot where deeper. I went with that. Yeah, you went a lot deeper than I went. <laughs> I kind of scratched the surface. All right. So, what then do you have for uh, pride? Pride. All right. That one was a hard one for me. I don't really, I didn't have a lot of thoughts on that. My main thing is that, you know, when you are in a in a, a relationship with perhaps another swinger couple, or if you have a third, but even with each other, that you want to show each other off and, and you want to say that, hey, look, we have something good. This is who we are. This is what we have. And you want to show that positively, but at the same time, you don't want to annoy each other with it or annoy other people or friends if you know whoever else in your circle and your community knows that you're swingers and you're like hey look at this look at what I've got kind of thing so I think it's a balance of of being happy and showing that you have something good without being too super intense right without having too much hubris right and that and that you know that level is going to vary by the person and by the couple and by who's around you and what's acceptable you know, you want to put your best foot forward, but you don't necessarily want to be overbearing. Um, and, and that can be especially if you are not just necessarily in a swinger relationship, but if you're in an open relationship where you see people separately, that can come into play as well if if you have somebody that you see on the side. And it's it's good to be really excited and it's good to share all of that with your primary partner, but you don't want to focus everything on that to where your primary partner then feels like they're kind of forgotten about. No. So. So for me, what I had under pride is you aren't special. <laughs> um, you know, and we've seen this in, in clubs before where somebody won't talk to somebody else because they think they're better than them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, don't not talk to someone because you think you're above them or you're better than them or you're, you know, you're better fit or whatever. You'd be surprised at the number of people that can, you know, really rock your world that, you know, maybe they are overweight or maybe they're over outside of your age range or, you know, maybe, you know, they're just, they, you don't, you should never judge a book by its cover. And we all do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But talk to somebody and have a conversation with the people before you make your last judgment on them. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would be my advice on, on pride and how to keep that down is, you know, we, we all work very hard to make ourselves presentable. Mm -hmm. um, But you're no more presentable than maybe the next person who has worked very hard. And that perception is very individual as well. Yeah, absolutely. What, what you think may be presentable and may be attractive, somebody else may not. So keep that in mind. Like you said, is that nobody's special really. And everybody has their own perceptions as to what is attractive and what makes a a fun evening or a good partner or that kind of thing. And we've seen that at the clubs before Mm -hmm. as well, where you've got the group that it's like, uh, I don't remember the movie Mean Girls, maybe the plastics come in and it's, you know, it's these women who have all men too, who have all worked very hard to make everything sure it's everything's perfect and they're perfectly uh, quaffed and and makeuped and and botoxed and you know they tend to only talk to people within their group um, and ultimately we've seen it at once we've seen it a thousand times where they clearly miss out on some great opportunities yeah um, and it's sort of a like hmm, bummer well you've <laughs> excuse me you've left and haven't had a good time um, perhaps if you had spoke to somebody else other than what was your little click you might have enjoyed yourself a little more Mm -hmm. or had a different experience even yeah Yeah. 
All right. So let's move to gluttony. Uh, what do you have on gluttony? That's funny. Uh, I lost gluttony. Uh, gluttony fell off my, my, my printout, so I didn't fill out my little notes for gluttony. Uh-oh. But I know what it is. Um, so gluttony is one of those things that I think can be easily uh, destructive in a swinging relationship. And that's the one where you only want to go out with other people. So rather than to the sacrifice of your own relationship. So if every Friday, Saturday night, or um, you only want to go out to either the swingers club or go on a date with another couple or something, and you don't want to spend time with your primary partner, um, I think that's a, a, a great way that gluttony can really destroy a relationship because at some point your primary partner is going to be like, hey, what about me? Um, as they should, you should always make sure you have or take time to focus on your primary partner mm-hmm. and and not be over gluttonous about swinging and the swinging lifestyle. That's interesting. I went a completely different direction with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, you, I can see you over there, you're rocking from side to side and mama's got something that she wants to say. <laughs> no, I actually, I think that's a very good uh, perception of it and a, a different take on it for sure because I went from the purely physical realm you know because most people think of gluttony as as overeating and just kind of you know an an intake of too much of of that kind of way mm-hmm. whereas what you are talking about is an intake of too much of the swinging culture I will the say the lifestyle yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's a, a really interesting different way to think about it but yeah, so I went at it from more of a, a, a looks point of view and just an overindulgence point of view. You know, people think of what you were talking about before about, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. Is that, and I saw something on Twitter recently that was talking about, you know, when when you, I'm going to say rate people like on a scale of, of one to 10, the, the comment was, is it much easier for a woman to achieve a nine than for a guy? Okay, yeah. And I think it is because we as a society, are generally more forgiving of curves on a woman, stretch marks, that kind of thing, than we are on a guy. But I think overall, in the lifestyle, because you are trying to impress other people, and everybody's at different degrees, but because you are you know, trying to impress other people and you want to make yourself attractive, people generally do take care of themselves a little more. Maybe not hugely more than yeah. general society, but I would say a little bit more. Or you at least take a little more care when you're going out to make yourself presentable. Make sure you've showered. Make sure that you're you know wearing clean iron clothes, whatever. Make sure that that you're you're definitely presentable. Uh, it doesn't mean that you have to be a supermodel. Doesn't mean anything like that. It just means that you know you need to take care of yourself. And and I would say that 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 goes with regard not only to your looks and who you are. Um, because as, as well, you know, you can be very unattractive if you have a bad attitude, you know, if you're not friendly at all, if you don't present yourself in a good way. Um, and, and another thing is that it's very common for us to meet play friends for dinner, whether it's a, a new meet or just, hey, let's go out and grab dinner, grab drinks. And it is really easy, especially because we do go out a lot. To do that a lot and to say, oh, well, this is just like a one-off. I'm just going to kind of, you know, have whatever. It's not going to matter. And and I think what we try to do is we try to be better about, okay, if we're going to go out, then let's pick somewhere that's a little bit healthy. Let's eat right. some things that are a little better. Yeah. Um, sometimes we probably eat bad stuff too much and booze it up a little too much. 
maybe more than sometimes, <laughs> but we try to make up for it in other ways. And so it is just that kind of that conscious effort of, I want to make sure that I'm presentable at all times. And that doesn't mean that, like I said, we're not all going to be supermodels. And I don't think it's necessarily about that, but it's also putting your best foot forward and having that positive attitude and, and being somebody that people do want to interact with. And that's happy and positive and yeah. So we went two very different directions there. We did, there. yeah. You went literally food <laughs> gluttony. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. I did. Because it is hard. Like I said, if you're going out a lot, it can be hard to kind of keep that intact. And Oh, yeah. I mean, especially because, you know, from, from traveling a lot, when you travel for work a lot and going out to restaurants, at first it's a novel thing. And, and you want to indulge in that. But then after a while, you're like, no, nah, I just want a home-cooked meal. Yeah, exactly. Soup, salad, just something. Basic. Yeah. yeah. Um, Okay, next up, mm-hmm. let's do um, sloth. Okay. Do you want to go first? No. Do you want you me have? to go first? Yeah. Okay. So for sloth, um, as far as be- between each other, as as a swinging couple. I would say that sloth can manifest itself when you don't show gratitude towards your partner. And so if, if you always take your partner for granted, and, and this can happen obviously in, in a non-swinging relationship, if you don't appreciate what your partner is doing for you, and especially in a, a swinging relationship, I think it's magnified a little more because there is a lot of work that goes into this. And so, you know, is your partner the one that finds potential partners or the one that arranges the meetups or maybe arranges babysitters so that you can go out and do this? Or, you know, what is it that you each bring to the table and do you show your appreciation for your partner to them? And not only in in that way, but in in daily life as well. Because if you don't, then that's going to obviously influence how they feel and how happy they are with your relationship and then how happy you are with others and, and how you how you feel about your swinging relationship so I think it is very important along the way uh, to show gratitude to your partner and to make sure that that you're both aware of what you bring to the table and, and that it takes you it takes both of you to make this happen and to make it work uh, I can also say that I kind of went down the sloth path as well with not putting enough effort into the relationship which kind of goes hand in hand a little bit but especially if you're opening things up, and you're considering getting into the swinging lifestyle, you need to make sure that you're both, you, I would say that your couple battery is charged, that you're spending enough time with each other, that you're happy with what you have, and that you are stable and strong before you open it up and try to include others. So you don't wanna neglect your primary relationship for other relationships, and you don't want to kind of get lazy and, and just let that go and think, oh, well, you know, we have these other people over here, I'm gonna focus on them. And then forget about your primary partner and not really focus on your relationship as a team. So I Uh went similar but different. Uh (laughs) Um, You know, and what I said was you have to put effort into the lifestyle to get something out of the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, What you can't do is, you know, open up an, let's say, an RHP account and that's it expect people to come banging down your door. Um, it's something that you, you do have to put effort into it to get people to come to you. Uh, you have to have pictures, and it's nice to have pictures and albums that you can share with people and mm-hmm. whatnot. You have to put some thought and, and take some put some effort into writing a profile that 
draws people in and gets them interested about you and makes you seem like a vibrant couple that people want to spend time with. Um, you know, it's it's something that you can't just expect that people are going to message you and you're going to say yes yes no yes yes Mm. what you what you have to do is you have to do some messaging and you have to you know do a back and forth between you and maybe another couple and then you've got to maybe plan a night out where let's let's go to this restaurant or let's go to this bar and let's you you can't just be passive and let it happen to you or it'll never happen so you've got to put some effort into it and in order to get out and and really enjoy it um and some of that is even like say looking at going to clubs and whatnot when we travel we always look ahead to see where we're going to see what kind of clubs are in the area um with us even us going to la for three nights we're already looking to see if there's a club that we can go to before we're going to desire for two weeks we're still looking at the at going to a club Mm -hmm. um Maybe that falls back on gluttony, but <laughs> but it's something that we want to you know experience it. So we're going to put some effort into it. We're not just going to wait to the very last second and see if we can show up somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it is something that you have to invest some time and effort into in order to to get a full experience out of it. It's also interesting when you're talking about the profiles and um, you know doing the messaging and that kind of thing. But I would also mention that it's helpful to take time as a couple to explore what is it that you want together? What is it that you both want out of the lifestyle? What is it that you want out of this experience? Is it a third? Is it a couple? Is there some particular experience that you want? Is there a feeling that you want? How does that look for you? And then you can delve into who is it that my partner finds attractive? What do I find attractive? You know, what is it that we're looking for in people so that inevitably one of you is going to spend more time looking for partners than the other so make sure that you're on the same page as to what is it that you're looking for and and what does your partner find attractive because i know that we did that early on of course we go through profiles together and then as time went on mr adam has more time to go through the online apps and websites than i do so he does a lot of the initial work but because we did it together for a while at first he knows what i'm looking for and what i'm attracted to and so he can narrow it down pretty well before we ever get there so i think that's also important is to spend the time doing that together for a bit and make sure that that you know you're both kind of looking for the same thing and on the same page yeah definitely All right, what sends next? Um, So we've got three left. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Uh-huh. Envy, greed, and wrath. What? Which one do you prefer? 
Uh, let's go with greed. Let's go with greed. Yeah. Um, so greed. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so this is this is the way that. I went, and I've, I've even got an example. Okay. <laughs> um, so what? I, one of the things I wanted to say was, don't continually notch your headboard. Um, and mm. these are those couples that only want to hook up. They don't want to go out and have drinks, or they might meet you for a single drink, and then it's instantly, let's go back to our place and play, and then you never hear from them again. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I will say, there are one-and-done couples that, and that's fine. If that's, your, if that's your lifestyle choice, then absolutely. But what I mean particularly is the ones that and this would go with gluttony is like every time they go out they just want to hook up with as many people as they can or mm-hmm. when they're at a um, at a club they want to play with every single couple and just to notch them um, mm-hmm. put another notch in the lipstick case as it were on top of that is I have take time to give attention to your partner don't take all the attention mm-hmm. um, don't let it only be about you or even as a couple don't let it only be about you two if you've got a third that person deserves something as well so make sure it's a balanced sort of uh, relationship and then on top of that don't prevent your partner from enjoying themselves and that can be via your attitude uh, which we've seen recently at the club where mm-hmm. someone wasn't enjoying themselves because their partner was an absolute douche or if you want all the attention done to you. Then an example of this would be in a threesome situation, we've got maybe a male and, t- and two women where the man just wants the women to, to dote on him. And occasionally that's fine. If that's, you know, that's the setup that you want, if that's the scene that you're playing, then that's absolutely fine. But when every time that's what it looks like, mm-hmm. you, gotta, you gotta give something back to your partners, partner or partners in that, in that relationship. And so one of the things I think about is like, let's say, the gentleman. Mm-hmm. So if the gentleman goes out and he, talk, he talks to us and tells us about partners that he has and things that he's done, I don't get jealous and be like, hey, he's mine. That ownership of, and I, I look at that as greed mm-hmm. that, because I want it to only be about me. And when you go out and play, like Femme is a perfect example. I want to know, but it's not like I'm trying to prevent you. Right. I just want to know what you did because I'm interested. And maybe I am greedy for that knowledge, but I don't want it to only be about me. Mm-hmm. You're so. not going to stop me from going and having fun just because you can't. Exactly. Yeah. So that I see that as, as a way that greed can really derail mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up the... Uh, the recent couple at the club is because yeah that's a I think a perfect example of great is that he had something in his mind a certain experience or expectation and that's what he wanted and she was clearly not having as good of a time and yet he just kept going with it and you know I'm pretty sure which I'm putting words in her mouth but I'm pretty sure from her behavior that she would have been happier leaving sooner but or at least maybe the night taking a different twist um but yet for him it was just this is what i want this is what i'm going to do and it you know didn't really matter what anybody else thought um but yeah with greed i went first of all two slightly different directions but first of all it was about having unrealistic expectations because if you have certain expectations from your partner and and you think that this is always how it's going to be and that that everything is is set in stone and 
you know, that th- this is how it is and, and I'm happy with this and I don't want anything different. I don't want anything to change. That's not realistic. You know, one of you is going to bend to the rules. One of you is going to break a rule at some point. And so you, you have to accept that things aren't always going to be the way that you want them to be, that something's going to happen at some point and it's going to challenge your way of thinking and, and make you kind of think twice is that, okay, is this, am I okay with this? Is this an acceptable way for things to be? Or maybe we need to reevaluate how we're doing things. Knowing that that something is going to, that your way of thinking and your way of being is going to get challenged at some point, be willing to accept it when it happens and be ready to talk about it with your partner. Uh, The other way that I went was a bit like you were saying in, um, I'm going to say greediness in other partners. And that if you find a couple or a person that you're interested in, don't be, I would say, don't be too clingy because that can happen a lot of times is that, you know, you're like, hey, these people are really interesting. I really like them. And so I'm just going to send them message after message after yeah. message after <laughs> message and, and just never give them a chance to breathe and to kind of take everything in. So I think it's it's good to keep in mind that, you know, if, if there is actually something there between you, um, between another person or a, a couple, that a balance will develop naturally. It, it'll come. If they're interested in you and you're interested in them, it'll happen. So, you know, you want to pay enough attention, but you don't want to be like, you know, hey, 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 you know, I want you, I want you, I want you kind of thing. Like a yippy little dog. Yeah, like a, a yippy little dog. And so I think it's it's good to, you know, of course, make your intentions known and to make it clear what your, your what you want and what your expectations are once you kind of get to know them. But it's also important to recognize that everybody else has a life out there too. So if you're sending messages and they don't get back to you for a few hours, a day, two days, don't stress about it. They've got things going on in their life. They may not get to it. Maybe they've read it. Maybe you can see they've read it, but maybe they haven't had a chance to respond. So give them time to do that. And and at the same time, recognize that it may take a little bit to actually meet up and to make this happen and to get to where you want to go in the end. Um, you know, don't just think that because I want this that that they're going to play on my schedule and they're going to do what I want to do. You know, because they have everybody has lives, and to yeah. just kind of recognize that that that's going to be a factor as well. And you you have to look at how it affects everyone, not just yourself. Yeah, well played. Well that's played. where I went with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Two more. Which yes. one do you want to go with next? Oh, that's a good question. So what do we have left? Wrath and envy? Yep. Um, let's do wrath first. We'll save envy for last. <laughs> so for wrath, I mean, it's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's pretty easy. Um, it? I, I lumped jealousy, anger, and, and wrath in general, which uh, prevent your enjoyment. So mm-hmm. again... Um, and maybe jealousy, I think, is a combination of things like envy and, and greed and, and pride. I think jealousy and wrath. But anger, when we've seen it, again, we've seen it many times where someone, it's anger that that is sort of extracted from jealousy. So I guess anger would be jealousy juice. <laughs> um, I Please don't bottle that and sell it. <laughs> we don't need that. <laughs> you know, it's... It's interesting because um, 
we've seen those couples that they get into screaming matches or arguing matches um, at the club because they're so upset over something the other person has done. And realistically, it's nothing. Um, I would say nine times out of ten, it is something that's inane and and pointless, and it's probably alcohol fueled. Is why you're really angry. But that's also a perception. Help how inane or pointless it is that's your perception not their perception in the moment but Fair you're enough. right it does af- often happen that it is alcohol fueled or yeah fair enough but okay. i'm going to say that of the things that make us all very angry mm-hmm. on a, in a given week if you wrote down the things that you were instantly angry about and then waited 6 weeks and read them you would look at them and go well that was dumb yeah. That was dumb. Yeah, fair that enough. That was dumb. Anger is something that we all go to very easily because it's a very safe place for us. Mm-hmm. Um, if I feel trapped or or attacked or pinned, I'm going to lash out in anger because that's an easy thing for me to do. It's, it's a natural human uh, emotion uh, to protect ourselves. So... You know, my my advice on that is to really look at yourself and, you know, advice that we've given uh, before, which is uh, when you're upset, write an email, Mm -hmm. then delete that email and then write the email again or write a letter, then give it a a day, then read that letter. Mm -hmm. Don't immediately respond because you're not going to be responding clearly. You're not going to be responding responsibly. So just be sure that when you're angry that you've got a really solid valid reason to be angry and that it's not some emotional slight that you feel like you've had and that the only escape that you have is by lashing out Um, because lashing out is different than being angry Mm -hmm. because lashing out tends to come from frustration and not anger but it's still in the moment it looks the same Mm -hmm. anger is okay to a point but frustration and lashing out is not it's not beneficial. It doesn't yeah, get you. It's anywhere. not going to gain you anything. Yeah. So that yeah. would that's where I see wrath and and how it can easily jealousy is a mm-hmm. big thing, and we've seen it. Um, we've seen people get upset because they thought they were out of alcohol. That's true. We have. I mean, yes. that is a pointless <laughs> reason to get wrathful. You yes. Know? Yes. So you know, just be be aware of of why you're feeling the way that you're feeling it's interesting too that you mentioned you know writing the email writing a letter discarding it that kind of thing is because we've a bit inadvertently at first but now it is a, a thing that we do and it's a good thing i think is that we do instill a bit of a timeout if we start to have what ultimately is a pointless petty argument that could potentially blow up into something it is I would say often either alcohol fueled or potentially blood sugar for you, yep. and we both start to get on kind of that agitated. We're neither one of us is happy, and and so we we're pretty good now at recognizing when that's happening. And one of us takes a step back and says, "Okay, we're not clear. We're not in the right mind. Let's let's table this for now. We'll come back to it in a bit, and so we'll fix whatever the problem is, whether it be sobering up, fix the blood sugar, <laughs> whatever it may be." But we take a little bit of time and it and that has been and and for us i think that was something that was pointed out to us a while ago by someone is that that especially when there are blood sugar issues is that that is a forced timeout because it's not going to do us any good until that is corrected and so since i've realized that oh yes that is a forced timeout now we kind of incorporate that a bit in that we even in other situations we'll be like okay we need a timeout. We could doesn't mean that we have to go to separate rooms. Doesn't mean we have to whatever. It just means that this discussion is going to get tabled, 
we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to, it's not going to impact things really. I mean, maybe subtly, subconsciously, but not, you know, it's not a thing for the next little while, however long that may be, whether it be 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, a day, whatever. But we both, there are times that, that little things come up that try to blow up into big things, but we realize that we're at least better about recognizing it, give it some time and then come back to it. And they're like, okay, it actually wasn't that big of a deal. And you know, what can we do about it now? The kind of thing. Um, so I think that is a, an important point is to, to, and if whatever means it is for you to get your feelings out, if it is writing an email or writing a letter or whatever it may be, but do something to get your feelings out and then come back together and reevaluate. I think that is good as yeah. well. You know, and I'm going to add one more thing, which is talking about going into the, say, the club and getting angry. Uh, if you come into a location, whether it's a club, a bar, a restaurant, um, or your own home, and you're angry, you're not. That's not conducive to really any positivity. And I think it's really important to. I'm not saying you're not allowed to feel anger or or be wrathful. I'm just saying be cognizant of that that you're feeling that way and 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 accept that that's going to change your perception on everything Mm -hmm. um it's really interesting because i've had the perfect example is um i've ordered coffee from a location that i am confident it's the same person making the coffee it's the same coffee and i've been in a really good mood that morning and i drink the coffee and i'm like wow this is the best coffee i've had in a long time and then maybe two or three days later i happen to have a bad be in a bad mood and i take the coffee and it, i'm like oh the milk is burnt or oh it they over extracted the beans or there's not enough sugar and i can find flaws in it so mm-hmm. your perception of the world actually change or your attitude actually changes your perception of the world mm-hmm. and i think that's such an important thing to remember so if you come into a place with anger and negativity you're going to be much more likely to pick up the negative uh, aspects of the world around you you're not going to have as good of an experience and i'm not suggesting you wear rose-colored glasses i'm just saying be aware that your own attitude is going to change the way you see things. And yeah. I think a lot of people aren't like that. I think a lot of people, you know, you can read Yelp reviews and see that, well, this person was in a shitty a- attitude when they went to this place and they've only seen the negativity. Yeah. Um, so just be aware of that. Mm-hmm. So where I went with wrath uh, was a, a bit more on the resentment side as well. And, and, and what I was thinking is, you know, don't sweat the small stuff because a lot of times those little things in daily life can kind of creep up and and you can be kind of annoyed that oh they didn't put their dishes in the dishwasher again or whatever and those, <laughs> sorry no and the, <laughs> those little things can kind of add up and add up and then you go out and you have all these little things nagging at you about your partner and then if they do one little thing while you're out well then that just ruins it and then that you know puts you in a bad mood and and so i would say Overall, just don't sweat the small stuff. And keep in mind that if you can talk to your partner about opening up your relationship, including other people in your sex life, and you can talk to them about having sex with other people, then those day-to-day things really aren't that big of a deal. They're not as important as as bringing someone else into your relationship. And and if those little things continue to, to nag at you, then you need to approach those things the same way you do the swinging part of your relationship and talk about them just as openly and in a similar way as you do finding partners and having sex with other people. And I know that we've done that early on with the help of the therapist, is that she gave us, you know, she brought to our attention how important it is to when we do have those little arguments those seemingly little arguments that could potentially build up into something more is to to take a moment put yourself in your other person's shoes 
acknowledge why they did what they did or why they feel what they feel. Try to figure out what that is from their perspective. And hopefully they're doing the same for you. And then that can help you find a common ground because by taking that moment and saying, okay, this is what I think and this is how I feel, but I can see why you would think this or feel this because of your situation, whatever has happened, you know, whatever may be the case, how do we find a middle ground there? And if you can, again, if you can do that with, with the swinging and the open relationship part, which if you're in the lifestyle, you probably have at some point because you're never, and I'm not gonna say never, but you likely won't always agree on partners that, that you're interested in. And so what do you do? You find a middle ground, do the same thing with the everyday things. Don't let that resentment build and, and, and mar your relationship with your partner and then therefore your experience out as a couple. Yeah, I think that's good advice. That's where I went with wrath. <laughs> she says all happy and bouncing. Yeah. That's where I went with wrath. <laughs> I love it. Uh-huh. All right, so what do you got for envy? This is the last one. The last one. It can one. be a big one, maybe. Yeah. Is it a big one or not a big one? It's not a big one for okay. me. Go for it. You go for it. Me? Yeah. Well, I kind of, so I went two different directions with this one as well. Because a lot of people, when they think of envy, think of jealousy. Mm-hmm. It, it, to me, envy is not exactly jealousy. But if you're thinking of jealousy, then then yes, it is often an issue in open relationships. A lot of couples have to deal with it. And it can be managed depending on the individuals, the the partnership that you have. You know, we always say that communication, trust, common ground, those are all things that will help to, to mitigate jealousy. And, and you also have to accept that there may be some amount of jealousy in the relationship, and it may be slightly skewed from one partner to another, but if there is, and if, if you know, you can't negate jealousy completely, which is hard for a lot of people, then you have to figure out how to manage that through your actions, your rules and boundaries, communications, what you do, that kind of thing. So that was the first way I went, is because a lot of people do think of jealousy when they think of envy. But I think of envy as something different in that, you know, jealousy is that I don't want you doing something because of X, Y, Z, whether that's because I want to do it with you or because something that's happened and I, I, you know, I don't think you should be doing that on your own or whatever. But to me, envy is, you know, while you're doing something that I would really like to be a part of, I'm really happy for you, but at the same time, I would really like to be there kind of thing. And so it's not as negative, I don't think, as as pure jealousy in my mind. Uh, Oftentimes, I'll be envious of you if, and I know I've said this before on the podcast, but like if, if I'm traveling or if you're traveling and you have the opportunity to hook up with someone or meet up with one of our play partners and I don't, I'm working late or whatever. And oftentimes I'm in a really shitty mood because I'm working late, <laughs> but you know, it's, yeah, <laughs> but it's like, wow, you get to go out and have this good time. And I'm really envious because I would like to be there as well. And, and so for me, I think it's more just, you know, accepting that, that I can't participate because of whatever's happening, but then hearing about what happened later, and again, this goes back to communication, is that hearing about what happens later is A, knowing what you're gonna do, so having that kind of anticipation of, while maybe I'm still working and you're out, I'm like, gosh, this is what they're doing now. This is, <laughs> And so I'm like playing out this porn in my head as to what's happening. Yeah. And then afterwards, I actually get to hear what it is and what happened, and I get to hear the details of the scene. And, and it's really hot. And so, yes, I'm envious that I can't participate. But at the same time, 
when you're talking about it, it's it's like somebody reading an erotic novel to me. It's yeah, you know, I get to hear all the, the details, and then I'm kind of picturing it that might have happened, and and yeah, I think that that's to me that's kind of more envy is is that, and it's and you're just looking at it positively and, and just saying okay, I can't be a part of that, but I can still kind of get off on what's what's happening and what's going on here. But I think that also goes to the communication. And then if we go with the uh, more shallow version of envy, or I'm going to say more shallow version of envy, in that you see people at a club and you think, oh, they're thinner, prettier, whatever, maybe they're more outgoing or more shapely, whatever, than me. And then you're like, oh, why is my partner with me? They could have that. And especially if it's somebody that your partner is really interested in. And so I think you just, and, and that's natural in any relationship. We're always going to see other people that, that, you know, they may have something that we don't. And especially if your partner is interested in them, you may say, oh, why are they with me when they could have that? But you have to remember that, that there's there's more to it than just that. It's, it's more than just what you see on the surface at the club. But there's a lot more between you and your partner. And, and it's how we always say that we are each other's home base. You know, we may go out and we may play with other people on other bases, but we always come back to each other because we have a much deeper connection than that. It's more than just what you, the public persona that you see of someone. And, right. and so I think it's just, you know, having the trust and the confidence in, in your relationship and, and knowing that you are valuable and you do have a lot to offer your partner or they wouldn't be with you, right? I mean. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's interesting because I, I had some of what you put down as well, but then one of the other things I had was an example of going to a club and seeing a couple getting attention uh-huh. and you wanting that attention. Oh, fair enough. Okay. So it's that they may be getting attention by somebody who you are really interested in and you're like, how do I, how do I get in there? And, and I want some of that attention. Mm-hmm. And again, you're right. It's jealousy, but it's also, it's also that base of envy. Like mm-hmm. I wish, so for me, envy is I wish me wishing I had what you had, mm-hmm. which I think is for me different than jealousy because jealousy is awesome, awesome, no, often, wow, English is suddenly hard for me, um, often a bit more of that I'm upset that you're getting that. It's not that I just want it. It's I don't want you to have it either. I was going to say it's more negative in that I don't want yeah. you to have it. Yeah. So this is just like I want some of what they're mm-hmm. getting. So and the other side of that is also the people that we have, and you and I are guilty of this as well, deeming un- unobtainables. Yeah. Um, so we go to the club and we see these people that we we often class people and we say, oh, they're they're in a level or two more attractive than us, more fit than us, younger than us, more money than us, you know, so once we class them as unobtainables, uh, we don't even try. And there is a bit of that envy. I would like to try. I would like to be able to get with that couple, but I'm already shooting myself down before I even attempt it, which I think is part of the problem. And we we both are guilty of that. No, you're right, because I I can think of uh, a few couples offhand that we see from time to time. And and you're right. We deem them as they are unobtainable for us. We're like, oh, they're in a different class than us. And, And we're very nice and friendly to them. We really like them. But at the same time, we know, oh, they're never going to be, well, we think, they're never going to be interested in us. Because so, why would they? So we're not going to try too hard. Yeah. So we're not going to really put ourselves fully out there. Yeah. And yeah. so, and for me, that's there's an envy of, I want what they have, mm-hmm. that that 
essence of unobtainableness. Or what the people that they go after have. Yes. You know, what is it that attracts them? Exactly. And, yeah. and how do how do I how do I become the target of their affections? Mm-hmm. So that's that's the where I took envy. Um, and I know that we're guilty of that. And yep. it's yep. but yeah. It's just interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting viewpoint yeah. of it for sure. So those are the seven I think it's really interesting that overall, while we have some similarities, we often took different tracks with them and how we thought of them in in relation to the the swinging lifestyle. It just shows that, I mean, number one, it is as varied as possible. And that's one of the reasons I think I've always found the seven deadly sins so fascinating is that there's so many different ways that you can twist and warp them to where they are. You you can, they're very multi-directional. Mm-hmm. And two, it also shows that you and I spend so much time together, but we still have vastly different attitudes mm-hmm. on on interpretation and of things. So with that, of the seven, what do you think your worst and my worst is? And then I'll do the same. Goodness. Um, See, I sprung that one on you. You did. I have not had time to think about so this So I'll let one. you think about it. Okay. So for me, I think my worst is uh, gluttony. Mm-hmm. I so much enjoy, at least my definition of gluttony, I so much enjoy going out. And I love that there have been months where out of, what, eight weekend nights, Friday and Saturday, we've been at the club between five and six times. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we go in on a Thursday. And I can think of multiple times where we've been in the club Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. And then the next week we're back on Thursday. So I really enjoy that constant feed of of the uh something new like mm-hmm. it's that ooh look bright and shiny ooh look uh, uh, you know something something new um for you i would think yours is probably more envy and seeing the couples that you see is sort of unobtainable so we just sort of like okay well i'm not gonna let's just let's focus on maybe somebody else because i don't want to be disappointed mm-hmm. um or turned down yeah, I would. Oh, that's hard because I would tend to say that for me, gluttony and envy might be almost equivalent, because you're right on the whole envy part. You're you're spot on there. But at the same time, for me, for for gluttony, I would say the reason I mention that is because of the whole experience thing, and I do want every experience possible. True. That's why we like to go out a lot, why we do like to travel, is that we want to see different places, different things, different people, and we want to have all those experiences. And so we we don't often say no, unless you know we just really, truly can't do something. Yeah. But we do want to kind of take in as much as we can. And, and I think that's you know just part of knowing that we're not gonna be here forever, and, and I want to experience everything that I can. So that's kind of why I would lean towards gluttony, mm-hmm. but but you're right on the whole envy thing. Is that yeah? There are some people that are just like, yep, yep, they're out of our league, which is unrealistic and it's not necessarily, but that's our perception. Right, so, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, hmm. cool. Do you have anything else? Um, are you wait? Are you assigning me that as well? Um. What would I assign you? Yeah, probably overall, yes. Yeah. The only secondary one I would have for you would be greed. Just that in when you f- find somebody that you are interested in, that you do kind of 
I'm going to say latch on a bit and that you, you want to keep that communication going and you want to keep them around kind of thing, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But yeah, again, but, it's yeah. everything's on a scale, right? And right. so, and I don't think you ever go like too far and you're like, you know, too clingy or anything like that. But I would say probably gluttony more for you, I think, for the same reason is that we do like to go out and have experience things. And yeah. Yeah. What are you thinking? Uh, no, it, you made me think of a joke and I'm trying to remember the wording of the joke, but I can't remember it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. It's not a very funny joke, then. Yeah, it must not have been. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have any other comments or remarks on um, the I, seven deadly sins? I think that our listeners would like to have some Yoda beatboxing around the seven deadly sins. <laughs> Do you have anything for oh, them? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm put on the spot now. Uh-huh. All right, all right. So, put you on the spot. Do you have some uh, Yoda beatboxing for us? People want to hear it. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Envy, gluttony, lust, and pride. These are the ways of the dark side. Sloth and greed, especially wrath. Take you these will down the Sith path. Wiki, wiki, wiki. What? Mmm. well done well done (laughs) thank you (laughs) um yeah so all right sorry folks that was shit i really need to work on my voice i frank oz i am not well Mm, frank oz i am not (laughs) (laughs) well at least you have a goal now i do yeah i do i do can work on your yoda voice (laughs) it'll be my goal uh-huh (laughs) <laughs> to be like Yoda. <laughs> All right. So if if you want to reach out to us, you will uh, find us uh, on Twitter at By the By Podcast, Facebook at By the By Podcast, and also on the Instagram at By the By Podcast. We are also on www.bytheby.com.au, and you can email us, theatomsoflove at gmail.com. Mm. Email us, you will. Questions you will ask. <laughs> Knowledge you will find. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. And watch out for those seven deadly sins. They're everywhere. Yep. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.